How's it going, everybody? If you are listening to this episode of The Cheyenne Show, it's an exclusive episode, actually, because it's an episode of Austi, another podcast that I'm doing with my friend Liam. Liam is a cool guy, funny guy. We, we talk about different topics, the news. Anyways, it's a little different. So if you're listening to this right now, get ready. It's going to be a great episode. And if you want to listen to more, head over to Austi on, on Spotify or any uh, other platform that you listen to. Without further ado, let's get it going. Paul Pelosi was attacked by a crazy guy with a hammer, and uh, Nancy Pelosi's son is going to speak out about it. We're going to hear from him a little bit later in the show. Uh, A bunch of people are trampled in South Korea. Crazy number of people died. And on the same day in India today, 134 people died in a bridge collapse. And we have Elon Musk uh, running Twitter now, and he's already starting some issues over there. All this on Austi. All right. We got some some big stories here. What do you want to start off with? I think Paul Pelosi, right? Yeah, Paul Pelosi. Um, we're just, you know, this just happened uh, on Friday, and, and and very serious injuries. He's only recovering from them, and we have him on the phone here. So um, we'll just say hi to him, and then we'll let him get back to sleep. Paul, Paul, how you doing? Can you hear us? Um, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? We're good. We're good. How how are you doing, Paul? What, how, what what condition are you in right now? Oh, you know, this crazy guy came in and he started beating me with a hammer and I said, "Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy?" And Nancy was nowhere to be found. I think she was talking to Xi Jinping or wait, something. Wait, I, I don't the, know where she I was. I thought the attacker screamed, "Where's Nancy?" You screamed it too? Um <laughs> Well, you know, the attacker came in, and uh, I didn't know the guy. I I didn't know the guy actually, uh, and he was telling me um, he was uh, he was looking for, uh, for he was saying where's Nancy, and then I said where's Nancy because I hadn't seen her. I actually thought the guy was her lover. Paul, don't don't you manage like a hedge fund? You sound like you work at a hockey arena or something. <laughs> oh, and the, yeah. Um, I do, but you know, my wife, Nancy, she helps me out with a lot of those things. And I, I said, where's Nancy? Because she usually takes care of burglars too. In right. Here in uh, my beautiful yeah, she, home She tells San you Francisco. what stocks to buy and you just, you just make the trades. Is that, that's, that's pretty much what happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. But to be fair with you, after the surgery, you know, they hit me in the back of the head and I got a skull fracture and some serious injuries on my right arm and my hands. I'm not a hundred percent, so I don't know. But yeah, I don't, yeah. The, the, the attacker. Have you seen Nancy? Where's Nancy? <laughs> did, did she not come see you in the hospital? No, uh, she 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 hasn't. I haven't seen her since um, since we met. Well, well, she's very busy. She's the speaker of the house. Um, we want to let you get back to your rest because you you know you were beaten with a hammer, so. We know that, yeah, that that's yeah. not great. If you see my son, tell him to stop visiting me and bring Nancy. Okay. All right. We'll let she him. He needs to nurse me with those big jugs. Okay, Paul. All right. Uh, so that was Paul Pelosi. He's doing he's doing a little bit better. Um, we'll, we'll give you an update on his uh, 
on his condition. Well, we got to talk about why it matters, though, right? What's There's, that? Despite little information, we got to talk about why it matters. Despite little information, Democrats blame Republicans for the violence just a week before the midterms. Politicians and journalists have labeled the attacker as a Republican conspiracy theorist. And what's going on is there's a conflicting political beliefs here. The alleged attacker, David De Pape, De Pape, is that Spanish or Italian? De Pape. De Pape, I don't know. De Pape, I don't know. He lived with local nudists in a home that resembled a homeless encampment, and his living area displayed Black Lives Matter and LGBT flags while he posted online about stolen elections and QAnon theories. He has history of drug use, psychosis, homelessness, and according to the mother of his children, he has been in psychotic. Uh, he has been in different psychotic episodes. So yeah, I mean, and he's, some journalists he's beaten his yep. his family before. Um, he's got a bunch of domestic violence. This isn't his first run-in with the law. He's a crazy guy. I mean, you look at his picture. He's a crazy guy, and um, yeah. and and it's like you know that's kind of even just without even reading any information about him, just. The type of attack this guy broke into Paul Nancy Pelosi's house at two thirty in the morning, wearing no pants. By the way, he was in his underwear. He was swinging a hammer and he was yelling, "Where's Nancy?" So you kind of know just from that, just from that, you kind of know that this person is a crazy person. But yeah, Democrats um, were uh, you know almost a week away from the midterm elections. They don't have much. They can't run on the economy. They can't run on the border. They can't run on the way they handled COVID. They, they don't have much to run on. So really, this is kind of their Hail Mary last-ditch attempt to be like, well, crazy right-wing extremists. And if you vote for them, then you're voting for crazy right-wing people, right? So this is kind of just a, a last-ditch attempt to try to, um, you know, get people to vote for, for Democrats, I'm assuming. Um, anyway, that's yeah. not a partisan pitch. I'm just saying that's that's sort of their strategy. That's that's a strategy. And whether you agree with Democrats or not, they are not doing very well in the polls right now. By all evidence, it looks like they're going to take the House. And um, mm. things are switching day by day, almost hour by hour, where it's looking like they're going to take the Senate as well. Well, okay. Here's the deal. Like I'm right now. I'm just going through some of the comments about this story, and these are comments. These aren't my actual opinion. But someone in the comments, which is like one of the top comments on the story, from where I'm reading this, says this story is giving serious Smoulier vibes. And we all know who Juicy Smoulier is, right? Mm. He was the guy who faked being attacked in Chicago by MAGA Republicans, but it came out. The video came out that it was actually uh, he paid some people to do it. So, you know, both situations, you know, pretty political, hot topic. Um, and, you know, both could have some potential gain. In this case, it's sympathy, I guess. Right. Is it sympathy for Nancy Pelosi that this happened? What do you think it is? Well, I was <clears throat> I was looking at what new- would the motive be? The, what would the motive of this person be or what would their motive be to frame this person? To frame this person. And if they did frame it, then that's pretty messed up that she's willing to throw her husband under the bus, you know? Give him Paul. <laughs> Where's Nancy? This isn't supposed to be happening. Where's Nancy? Yeah. I mean, look, let me just say for the record, I, I don't think that this was a, you know, set up. Um, this, no. They beat Paul with a hammer and he's in the hospital and it's very serious, his condition. So I don't think it was a setup. But I do, uh, you know, I was listening to some news today. They are saying that this attack is reminiscent of January 6th. Um, mm. And I, I almost spit out my coffee when I, when I heard that. But, um, but that, I think that's what the, 
the the narrative is like, yeah, you know, things aren't great in the country right now. And that's not a partisan opinion of mine. That's most Americans say that the country is heading in a wrong direction, over 50%. Well, so yeah, so the, what do they the have skin- to say? But at least we're not crazy. At least we're not right-wing extremists. At least we didn't storm the Capitol. At least we accept the results of elections. So yeah, things aren't going great right now. Your money is being devalued every day by rampant inflation. But we're not crazy and we're not racist. I think that's the pitch. Mm-hmm. That's the pitch that it's they're a, trying to sell. It's a weird pitch. Um, but I, what I think is, you know, we got to see Nancy Pelosi, if she's working for the government, the U.S. government, why isn't her house more protected? You well, know, it's like January 6th. Why wasn't that more protected too when it happened? Well, why, apparently, why apparently the, the her security detail follows her. They don't guard her empty house. Um you know, it's, mm. she's not like the president. But then again, it's a very good question. Not only is she the speaker of the House and the third in line to the president, um, but she's also like a, bil- a millionaire, a hundred millionaire. You'd think that they'd have some type of security or, or some. Well, here's the big, the sketchy part of the story. Okay. Sorry to, to but this is the funny part. Apparently, the, here's the development and changes in the story. It, it was initially reported that the two men were in their underwear when mm-hmm. police arrived. The local outlet that reported this retracted that statement. It was initially reported that there was a third individual who opened a door for the police. The police have since claimed that nobody except Paul and the assailant were, were present. Um, and then it was also reported that Paul Pelosi had referred to the attacker as a friend during the 911 call. According to the police, Paul had left the 911 call uh, on speaker while he was with the papa, the phrasing was alleged a way for Paul to tip off the police that something was wrong. Uh, so he's probably on the phone like, oh, I'm with my friend. I don't know. And there was there's still it's it's still unclear. But some journalists are hopeful that the video evidence would may clarify the uh, ambiguity, ambiguities, ambiguities. I hate that word. Ambiguities. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 Look, I mean, it, it just happened. We don't we don't know all the details yet. Um, I feel like Paul Pelosi, he just recovered from his drunk driving accident where he got yeah. puckered up and now he's getting beat up with a hammer. Uh, this poor guy, he, he goes through a lot, you know. But in the dr- dr- drinking driving accident, he <laughs> he pulled out his police badge, and then you know the, the police was like not having it. He's yeah. like, "Listen, I've donated, I donated a lot of money to you guys. Come on!" <laughs> and then they're like, "Listen, it's like this ain't gonna cut it. We're gonna book you in." And he's like, "Where's Nancy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it, that do you think this whole thing with them, the men being in their underwear, is uh, is like a lover's? Quarrel? No, no, God, no. This, these are all just conspiracy theories online, people that are filling in the blanks. Mm. You know, it's 2.30 in the morning. If you came to my house at 2.30 in the morning, I'd be in my underwear. So, But some people might say it's a booty call gone bad. So why was the window broken then? Yeah, that's true. Unless, And what, yeah. what went bad? They were having sex and then, you know... I don't know. There's just Look, a bunch think, of people who think, I think the that news they need had- to they need to switch this this narrative. I think Republicans need to come out and they need to say Look, the the attack on Paul Pelosi was terrible. My thoughts are w- are with him and his family. We hope he makes a speedy recovery. But what the heck is going on in San Francisco that guys wearing their underwear with hammers are walking around in the middle of the night? You know? Mm-hmm. I, and, and I mean yeah. that's that's a problem too. No, and by the way, this happens every single day 
to people in New York. People in New York get spit on. They get thrown, pushed in front of metro cars. They get beaten up with hammers by crazy homeless people. This happens all the time. It's true. This just ha- no, happened to true. happen to Paul Pelosi, and now we've decided that it's it's because of right-wing rhetoric. What right-wing rhetoric? Like, tell me. Well, I, is there, like, this, this massive campaign of Republican leaders that are out there saying that you should go beat up Democratic politicians? I've never even heard that before. Well, the, the, you know, he's definitely a high profile, so it's a bigger news than any random person getting beaten up in the street. But it kind of goes to show you that there is no um, equity, you know, in the society. If they're going to make such a big deal out of, you know, and most times those people aren't doing it out of any sort of political, um, you know, they're just crazy, you know. Yeah. And but since it's happening to this political family, they're saying it. It is, and it very well might be uh, politically charged, but um, I don't know. I, I I agree with you. What did you say there? You made a good point that I I was I was about to riff on. If you could just repeat I, your your thought there. I don't know. I don't know. I think we should move on to Elon Musk and Twitter because I don't remember what I said. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. So basically, Elon Musk. Everyone knows he bought Twitter. Some people are freaking out. Twitter is losing their minds. And uh, he fired three of Twitter's top executives who were involved with censorship. Uh, There's a Joe Rogan episode where um, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, and also there's this Indian lady. I don't know what her name is. Pargwa, Paral, something like that. She was there. And Tim Pool was like very inquisitive on asking them, why are you guys censoring people? And she she was so good. She's so good at you know, not answering the question and sounding like a politician, but she was fired. And, um, apparently, you know, he, he did this because, uh, you know, there, he said he was going to, he's, he's keeping his promise that he wants to uh, fire for 75% of the people who worked at Twitter. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, the company's never turned a profit. And, um, if you look at their headquarters over there, it's like in those movies about Google. Like they have, you know, downstairs they have like a trampoline. They have a slide that takes them down the stairs. They have ping pong. They have all of these amenities. They have free lunch and dinner that they can take home. I mean, it's like a it's like a resort, and it doesn't really seem like anybody's working there. There's a TikTok of a, of a Twitter employee who did a here's a day in the life of me working at Twitter. I wake up at eight o'clock i get out of bed and i do my yoga you know those kinds of videos and it's Mm -hmm. it's since gone viral because because her day looks like uh it looks like a vacation she doesn't really Mm -hmm. seem to do any work during the day she gets to work she like talks to her friends then she goes down to eat breakfast then she goes and plays ping pong with a co-worker and and now look i'm sure in the video she was trying to do some fun stuff but it doesn't look like they're doing much over there there was that leaked project veritas of the guy saying that you could take four months vacation and nobody gave a fuck and so yeah, yeah I think you I think, only work four hours a week. Yeah, four hours a week. I think that Elon is going in there and he's he's cleaning up, and I think that that that's what that company needs. Um, and he's also making a, a change, which I thought was a really smart change. If you have a blue check on Twitter, you're now going to have to pay twenty dollars a month to keep it. I think that's a really smart uh, move because you know people who have blue checks, they love that they have blue checks. They love that they're one of the people yeah. who's verified. And I totally think usually those people have money, and I totally think that they'll be willing to pay twenty bucks. It's a great way for the company to make some uh, additional revenue. So I th- I'm talking about Street Studio. Street Studio 
is the best podcast platform that is out there today. There is no podcast platform like Stream Studio. I mean, anytime I wanted to make a podcast before, I'd, I'd open up my computer, I'd put on, turn on my camera, and it's just like everything was all over the place. But Stream has allowed me to make everything in one destination. So, I mean, it's made my life way easier and it's allowed me to focus on making my podcast, having good conversations, then trying to figure out all this technical stuff. I mean, seriously, how many times have you tried to make your podcast um, with an individual or by yourself, but you're not even talking, you're, you're, you're thinking about everything that's going wrong with the tech. Oh my God, is the camera recording? Is the microphone recording? Is the volume high enough? You don't have to worry about a single thing when it comes to Stream Studio. They handle all that technical stuff so you don't have to worry. So go on stream.studio today, put in your email, and you'll get a code. And bada bing, bada boom, you can start your podcast today. Stream Studio is amazing. That's, just, a, that's a, yeah, it's profit. Yeah, he's already coming up with pretty good ideas. So um, just to give a little bit more context on that, Twitter had tried to launch a paid version of Twitter. It was called Twitter Blue. Um, it's kind of like Snapchat plus and basically, and it was $5 a month and basically nobody bought it. Nobody really gave a shit. Nobody cared. Um, so now Elon came in and now, uh, he raised the price of Twitter blue to 20 bucks a month. So it's now 1999 a month. And if you're verified, you're, you need to, to be verified, you need to be a Twitter blue subscriber. You need to be a premium subscriber to even qualify to have a blue check on Twitter. And so you're going to need to pay 20 bucks a month. So I think it's pretty, pretty smart move. Um, between that and firing people, you know, he's already starting to kind of clean up shop. The question is, are people going to remain on Twitter? You know, is this just going to be like those people who said they were going to move to Canada when Trump was elected or do they really mean this? We've seen on the right, a lot of right wing people say, screw this social media, shadow banning me, social media is banning me. I'm going to go start parlor. I'm going to go start Getter. I'm going to go start my own platform. Are we going to see one like that on the left? And if we do, I feel like that would be that would catch on a lot quicker than these other right-wing sites, right? If you start to have like media platforms, CNN and MSNBC, these big people and a bunch of stars and influencers and left-leaning people and Emily Ratajkowski, all these people moving to this new left platform, I feel like it could go quickly. So I don't know. And that would totally destroy the company. yeah, well, there's that big story that just came out where apparently the use of the N-word went up 500%. Um, so, that you know, obviously there's some racist activities going on ever since that he took um, a hold of Twitter. But he, what he's really trying to, you know, open up here is a place where ideas can be respectfully debated. And if that's really what the situation is, then those people that hate Twitter and Elon Musk so much, well, not Twitter, the fact that he bought it, they're going to be able to say that on his, on the platform. And they're not going to be banned for it unless they say they, they threaten someone with violence. Right. And I feel like this move by him is might actually trickle down to the left and have this effect of maybe we can have a discussion without censoring everybody. Because Google and um, you know all these other tech companies like Facebook and stuff, they kind of are still in that area where they're banning people for um for for you know saying what they believe or whatever and sometimes obviously it's extreme but uh twitter is like the first of that now what Mm -hmm. i find is funny is all these republican people they went out and bought all these companies or built these companies and now it's like it doesn't matter anymore because twitter was the kind of the the concept of what they were trying to replicate it off exactly but you know and they're all like two-bit 
bullshit fucking rumble getter uh, truth social they're like really shit infrastructure when you actually use these apps they're not great you know well yeah they don't and, have the money to to pay for all of the coding and to make them sh- as strong and robust as they need to be yeah no 100 percent. like google is like where engineers want to go after they graduate right but google is also you know every time there's you see something about the vaccine or cl- uh, climate change they also you know they put something underneath that says this needs more like information Context, or whatever. So or, yeah, they, right. yeah so they definitely sh- are showing what they believe in you know yeah um but what's funny now uh is that a senator um, Chris Murphy is his name. He came out and said he's a national security risk because um, Saudi Arabia has a huge stake in Twitter after the uh, big deal that happened uh, because I think they actually um, f- lent Elon the money. It says that, that um, on Monday he called for a congressional investigation into the national security implications of company partially owned by t- Saudi Arabia maintaining its stake in Twitter following Elon's purchase. Um, this is funny because they have no problems with fucking China and TikTok and you know people using that app. But once like you know Elon Musk and someone from this aisle comes out and buys it, it's it's apparently it's a national security concern. You know. Yeah, and, and and you know what's going to be hard is that they're going to now start pulling up all of these posts that are probably racist, misogynist, whatever, and they're going to put them on CNN, they're going to put them on the news, and they're going to be like, look at this post that was been allowed on the new Twitter. Like, look how bad this is and everything. And the problem mm-hmm. with that is that like part of you know open discourse, free speech is that stuff. That stuff is not pretty. Nobody is saying that that's good. Nobody is endorsing that. But part of free speech is having that stuff because as soon as you start to, you know, ban things, then somebody has to be the arbiter of what gets banned and what doesn't. And that that's really tricky, right? It's really tricky to make these rules that are concrete. And, you know, the one that we have in the United States is that, you know, free speech, unless you're inciting violence, like that's pretty much the standard. And I think that's the one that Elon wants to stick to. But that means that there's going to be a lot of nasty stuff on the platform that's going to be left up there. Um, Mm -hmm. It almost reminds me, I was in Key West over the weekend and um, I was kind of, I was just kind of standing in the street. They closed down the streets. They let everybody walk around in their costume and I'm standing in the street and out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy swing to start going to fight a a person. Like he start like I see a fight just forming, you know, when you kind of see them forming, the guys are kind of pushing each other. I just see it happen right out of the corner of my eye, the guy pushes the guy. The other guy goes to swing, and there's a cop right next to him. And the cop catches him right before he can punch him. The cop grabs him by the arm. He throws him on the ground. Another cop is right there, jumps on him. Both of the cops jump on this guy. He, I think he was a kid. He's probably a University of Miami student. They grab his hands. They put him behind his back. They put him in handcuffs. They pick him up, and they both of them, they start booking it. They start walking this guy. They're literally like picking him up. He's in handcuffs, and they walk him off away and he disappeared into the crowd the whole thing lasted maybe 35 seconds the cops were so good like i literally mm-hmm. i mean i'm obsessed with this stuff but i was like telling everybody around me. i was like do you see what they just did there? like holy shit and yeah. they took him away right away but what they did was kind of violent like they picked him up and they threw him on the ground and it was pretty violent and everything but part of keeping law and order in this in this street was a little bit of violence and I don't know if that's related to this, but it's like part of having this open discourse is going to be a little bit of ugly stuff, but that's just kind of how it is, you know? You can never yeah, just but how, say... Yeah, but how did they do it? Was it like... Because 
a lot of like what I think is like police officers should learn like some sort of martial art like jujitsu or you right. know whatever just to get the guy closed as fast as possible without right. like beating them. You know what I mean? Well, they is didn't beat like, him. They threw him on the ground. And the reason they put him on the ground is because that's the if you're trying to get somebody to put their hands behind their back, the easiest yes, way yeah. is when they're lying flat on their stomach and you can you know, sort of pin your your knees on their back and you can grab their arms with both hands and then, you know what I mean? If they're standing up, they can flail their body, they can swing their arms, they could kick you, they can... So, um, but anyway, the point is, is that, you know, you can never say like, these things that like, well, there should never be any offensive speech. Well, there, there, there mm-hmm. should, the cops should never use any kind of violence ever. It's like, the, the, these are beautiful statements, but they're, they're not realistic, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. Well, that's the thing. You kind of have to let things take course and you have to let the superior ideas beat the bad ideas exactly. on full public display so people could know, oh, okay, that idea is dumb. Censoring that bad idea will only make more people go to that bad idea and, you know, potentially have people in a, um, you know, uh, like a cult-like, you know, QAnon vibe area where it's like a feedback because the only people who are discussing it are people who agree with the idea. So you're like, Oh, it must be true exactly. rather than seeing it on public display and people saying, no, that's a bad idea. You know? Yeah. It's like what's happening with Kanye right now. Kanye is literally using, um, all of the backlash from media and from companies to justify what he's saying. He's like, y'all see what they're doing to me. Y'all see what they're doing to me. Like as if that's like, see, like I'm right about what I'm saying because look at the way they're, they're reacting, you know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. he's using it as kind of like a, a justification. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, you know, it's, um, really if you just let Kanye speak and, and now I know this is hard because, um, I'm not I'm not the biggest Kanye fan to begin with and stuff, but I find I watched part of his interview with Tucker Carlson. I don't think that he's somebody who's mentally stable. That's what I get mm-hmm. when I when I watch him. So, you know, but that's because I was able yeah. to watch him. I, I was able to watch him and hear what he had to say and be like, I don't think this guy is playing with 52 cards, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think a better thing to watch is the Lex Friedman uh, interview he did because Lex isn't particularly a republican he's he's you know he's like a kind of a neutral person and he's also jewish actually so he's not exactly neutral and he kind of pushes him on that Mm. and uh you're able to kind of get a bigger picture view of why he thinks that way and you know why um not just like i you know like him the words he uses are harmful to people you know but to listen to go beyond that is important too to see why he's saying the things he's saying and potentially is it a societal issue or is this guy just mentally crazy right. you know what i mean right so if you're just going to block someone from having a voice then you won't be able to kind of dig in you know mm-hmm. it's like anyways that's that's my take on it but uh no i, I agree. should kind of yeah yeah no, no we should we should move on to the the topics of the day or what I like to call today, it's the the fast facts. We, we're calling it fast facts. You want to you want to do fast facts, or should we save those for the next episode? Because we have one more. Because oh. we have one more story. Okay. Well, I was just gonna tell you, men who per, uh, prefer women with large breasts tend to be less financially secure. That's, that's really? a fast fact. <laughs> okay. It's really fast. It's a fast fact. <laughs> so if you like big <laughs> boobs, then you're stupid. Okay. You're gonna be poor. Okay. Yeah. You're gonna be poor if you like big. Oops, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. But um uh but just quickly, wait, um Liam, think fast, fast fact. Male humans produce <laughs> enough sperm in 2 weeks to impregnate every 
fertile female on the planet. Can you believe that? Wow, that's Can amazing. Can you believe that? That's crazy. And most of it goes to waste. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, most of it is like genocide every day for, um, for some people. Just so everybody knows, there was a, a bridge that collapsed in India. It killed 134 people. It was a pedestrian bridge. It was full of people. If you watch the video, the bridge is packed. They're all walking across. And then bang, it, it just collapses and everybody falls into the water. Um, they were able to rescue about 170 people out of the water. The rest of them died. Most of the people who died were elderly people and young kids. So just a terrible story. Apparently, the bridge had been under construction for a while. They were renovating it, fixing it. Uh, and it had only opened four days ago before it collapsed today. So, yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, and then in South Korea, what is it, 120 people who died who were just trampled? They did a Halloween. I heard 150 people 150. Died, yeah. They did a Halloween festival in the streets. 100,000 people showed up in the streets. And uh, just the massive sheer number, just the crowd. If you've ever been in a bar or a house party where it's really packed and you sort of feel the crowd pushing you, imagine with 100,000 people when it starts to push you and then you start to fall down on the ground and then people start to step on you, not because they are are careless, just because they can't, they're being pushed too and they need to keep moving. So uh, just like the Astro World with ASAP Rocky, uh, what's his name? Yeah, ASAP Ferg or Rocky or Ferg? No, no, fucking it was yeah, Travis Scott. Travis Scott. Travis yeah. Scott. Yeah. Tra- yeah. Where's Nancy? It's terrible. Um, it's terrible. But I do want to yeah. get to this last story because we do have a guest waiting on the line to to join us, and I want to make sure we have time <laughs> for him. Um, so this is a story. Just um, um, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, she's selling these candles that smell like her vagina, and and they've they've sold out already. So it's a, a massive success. The 47-year-old actress and lifestyle entrepreneur found another way to shock the world with a scale of a vagina-scented candle in her online store. The candle provocated, provo- provocatively named "This candle smells like my vagina" will run customers a cool 75 bucks and boasts a oh, fragrance God. packed with cit- citrusy and cedar, according to the Daily Mail. Uh, apparently the idea started out as a joke the product description read this candle smells like my vagina um so how do you make a candle smell like your vagina do you like well, during the, your the time of the month well like, what you do like no let me tell you, cycle, like, you like what you do is you 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 bring in a team of scientists experts in fragrance and you have them all smell your vagina and then you say oh you have you have 30 days and then they do it <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Stream Studio. Stream Studio is one of the best podcast platforms that's out there today. We're using this right now to record the podcast. And honestly, if you want to learn how to podcast, if you want to make a podcast, it hasn't been easier than uh, with Stream Studio because Stream centralizes everything that you need to make a podcast into one uh, destination. So all you really need to do is go on stream.studio, put in your email, and then you'll get a code and bada bing, bada boom, you could start a podcast just as easy as that. I mean, there's so many people I know that are using Stream Studio today and it's got really cool features. You can go live on Facebook, YouTube, or anywhere you really want because there's a bunch of different partnerships that they have. And also Stream allows you to um, put effects in real time on your podcast so it's not like zoom where you know everything's bad quality and you don't have any control of anything stream is actually really good so if you want to use stream studio i think you really should you should switch over today stream studio is awesome anyway um is that what she did or no i think what did she do is there any details of how she made her 
candle smell like her vagina? It, How do we know it's not cap? How do we know that her vagina doesn't smell terrible and she's selling us some horse shit? <laughs> you know, it's actually it smells really good compared to what it actually is, you know? Uh, I don't know, but... Um, hey, listen, I want a refund because I'm not sure if this candle does really smell like your vagina. And I, I think it. the only way I could be compensated is if I could to smell your vagina. Well... I, 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 how do I know if this is true? Well, why don't we ask? Why don't we ask our guest? Our guest is Tony from Queens. When Tony heard about this story, he launched his own business. Uh, this he made a candle that smells like his ass. Uh, Tony from Queens. Tony, are you there? Hey, it's Tony from Jersey. Actually, oh, Tony from Jersey and Queens, they're very far apart. Sorry about that. I must have had it wrong in my notes. So, Tony, so tell us, yeah. tell us about your candle. What does it smell like? Well, after I heard about this story, I got really passionate because I said, you know, how am I going to smell this candle and know it smells like her ass? So I said, people want a product where they can smell it and they can actually know it smells like my ass. So if you buy a, my candle, you can come and smell my ass and you'll know you're getting something that's authentic. That that's great, Tony. Real and authentic. No, the only issue is I we we actually ordered one of your candles and I I lit it before I uh the show. Tony, it smells terrible. It's it smells disgusting. <laughs> um, I blew it out right away. Why why would anybody light this candle? Well, listen. If you're ever feeling down, you know how there's comfort food. You know how there's comfort food. You know how there's um. What do you call it? Comfort music. Well, this is like a comfort scent. You know, you smell my ass. You, you, if you're having a bad day, you just smell my ass from the candle. And you say, ah, you know, things aren't too bad after all, you know. At least they could wind down and smell some of the Tony's fragrance, you know. Tony, how did, how did, Cheyenne was asking earlier. He had to leave, by the way. Sorry about that. Uh, but uh, but how, how did you go about make creating this scent? From the from the day well, you had the idea to the day the first candle rolled off the assembly line, how did you do it? Well, that's a very good question. You know, most people don't ask; they just want to smell it right away. And I say, hold up, don't you want to know a little bit more about it before you actually smell it? And they don't they don't listen. So basically, what I did was I went to the gym. I wore my sweatpants and I wore extra underwear. So when I was getting that elliptical exercise in, I made sure to have a lot of sweat going out. So after that, I squeezed it out just like, you know, a wet cloth or whatever. You squeeze it into a bucket. And I did that for over, uh, I think I did it for about three months after I heard the news about Gwyneth Paldros, this smell like my vagina thing. Which isn't verifiable, I mean, unless, Gwyneth, you know, you want to maybe give me a refund or something because I don't think it smells like it, you know, I don't know. But anyways, that's what it is. Wow, so you squeeze it out and then you had a, you had a bucket full of this juice and then, and then what? I had a bucket full of this juice and then my wife, you know, she's really good at stirring, uh, you know, the, the meat for the sauce, the pasta, so... You know, she has a good arm for that. And, you know, she, I tried doing it myself, but I get tired. So she stirred it over some hot water. And then, you know, they called this uh, fragrance company, uh, Johnny Fragrance, I think is his name or whatever. You know, the guy, Power. He came and he said, Oh, <laughs> it's the smell of my fragrance right there. You see what it does? Um, Listen, but, Johnny, you know, Johnny, so he, Johnny, I'm sorry. We're, we're going to have to cut you off. <laughs> we're out of time. But thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> we, well, listen, Liam, 
I know, I know you smell. You got a chance to smell it, but I sent one over to your address. I was thinking, hopefully, you can give it to your girlfriend or some of your friends and family, maybe I, your mother, someone. I will. It makes a great Christmas present. Um, thank you, thank you, Johnny. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that was Tony or Johnny or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. What what was that? What was that all about? I I don't know. Who, I don't know why. I don't know who books our guests. <laughs> we had Paul Pelosi <laughs> and Tony from the Candles. <laughs> but, oh uh, my god! But anyway, that's good. That's good though. All I heard was, uh, you know, I, he sounded very passionate about whatever it was. So yeah, well, he yeah, likes making. Good. He likes making candles. You know, so good for him. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. Well, that's it for the but, news today, everybody. That's it. That's it. And, you know, I told you I'm good at these fast facts. So fast fact, think fast. The average American thinks about sex eight times a day. So that's something to end the episode on. And join us next week. And if you liked the Austi podcast, then come on Spotify and look up Austi. Uh, and, you know, it's more stuff like this. Maybe we'll keep we'll, we'll do a little more like this. Release the Austi podcast on the Cheyenne show sometimes. Yeah, you'd Just, like that, uh, eh, Cheyenne? Well, no, it's you know, it's a, <laughs> it's good to give uh, everybody a wider audience, you know. There you go. Yeah, exactly. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll see you a little bit later in the week. <laughs>